change It's like my dreams out of reach This pain and all this grief You see God and you have to speak Tell him it's crazy in these streets Feel my pain and it's so Yo, I'm Pastor Phil Welcome to Church on the Block Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets With my great co-host, Pastor Jay And Ruck Boy On Holy Culture Radio Sears XM Channel 154. Happy New Year! <laughs> church on the block, real talk about hip hop, the church, and the streets. I feel like, you know, what my man trading places, Happy New Year! <laughs> Eddie Murphy coming to the boom, boom, yeah, boom, 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 yeah. Yo, it's we in 2023, baby. Brand new, fresh, brand new show. We in the mix, we up in this piece. We are here with our great host. Pastor Jay, what's up, Jay? Yo, what up? What up, everybody? Welcome to the new year, 2023 in this space. Pastor Jay and the yes. boy. Pastor yes, Phil. yes. It's gonna be some, we're going to do some crazy stuff. We're going to do some live stuff. We're going to do some extraordinary stuff. We, we may even have snow in Florida. We don't know what's going to happen right now. <laughs> and we have our great friend, great guest on the show with us. Give it up for Tommy Colon and Urban D. What's up, Tommy? Ooh. What's up? What's up, man? It's good to be with you, man. I see you still haven't taken your tree down, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I got to change the camera. Right, right. We lazy, man. We lazy. We lazy. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, re- hey, real talk, though. Real talk. One time. Yo, we got a real tree. It was in Kansas City. That boy, that bad boy stayed up to April. <laughs> Don't tell nobody else tree. that story. Don't tell oh, nobody else that story, Phil. This is, this is. <laughs> Yo, man, I hope you, you, everybody on the air, I hope your, your 2022 was, was safe. You know what I'm saying? You may have gotten a little tipsy or you may have celebrated too much, but I hope you're safe now. Your family was healthy. I hope everything went well. The, nobody is, you know, hurt, harm, or danger to you and that you were able to listen to this show with, with uh, no excitement of the new year, right? We're looking forward to, you know, everybody got to lose weight. So we're going to get back on that track. You know what I'm saying? We got to get back on. I'm only going to eat. I heard about the peanut mm-hmm. diet. I'm only going to eat pecans because pecans, they do something to your prostate. You know, they got some kind of new thing coming out or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm only going to eat with my left hand because that slows my food down. Shut up. But whatever the case is, <laughs> you know, make 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 your commitment and, and, and be authentic with it. Be real with it. But we want to talk today as we're jumping off this whole movement of, of, of churches and ministry in a different way and what they may look like. And, and yet, they may look different to you, but they've been normalized in the way they've been practicing ministry, right? And how things have happened and the impact that has been made in the midst of that. So I want to talk and, and, and Pastor Jay with, with Tommy and, and, and Tommy, just break down a little bit about the history and understanding, give people a context, you know, of what Crossover Community Church is, man, and, and your history with it as well. Yeah, well, man, I'm like you, Phil. I'm like, I'm becoming an OG now, man. I've been. You, no doubt. I've been in ministry, man, since the 90s now, and I've been at Crossover this month in January. We'll be celebrating 27 years Woo-hoo! that I've been at the same spot, bro. So, man. Uh, I, yeah, man. I, I came there fresh out of Bible college, man, when I was a just a young buck. And, uh, you know, I'm from Philly. My wife is from New York City. We met at Southeastern in Florida. We thought we were going to go back up north and do urban ministry there, but God didn't open up any doors. And he sent us to Tampa to this little church that had just started a few years before that. They never had a youth ministry. And so I founded the youth ministry in 96. And 96. Uh, you know, I, I met you shortly after that. We were both yeah. in the youth ministry 
bass and, you know, using <laughs> hip hop as a tool. And uh, me also being an MC, that's I, I kind of joke around like Paul, he made tents, you know, to, to support his <laughs> ministry. He's a tent right. maker. Me, I was a rapper. You know right. what I'm saying? I still, I still rap a little bit, but, yeah. you know, that's really what provided for my family. That was my entrepreneurial hustle. And I love doing it. It connected with the youth ministry and, and everything we were doing. But in 99, I got signed, actually. I put two independent albums out. Then I got signed to a label in 99, 7th Street Records. That was the same huh. label that signed the Cross Movement. Yeah. yeah. And so Seven we were Street. label mates. Yeah, we were label mates for a couple of years. And as I was doing that, the youth ministry was growing. We were, you know, using like yourself, bro, using music. We're doing a lot of concerts. Right. And then also using sports. And we did some basketball leagues and then we kids that played in the leagues would get a free pair of Nikes at the end. And so that was the hook plugged in and involved. We got corporate sponsors to pay for that. And then we had a big ceremony on Sunday at service. They had to come to service to get their Nikes, you know, fed their families afterwards, had a lunch and, you know, got to connect and build with them. We got families in the church today. That are still part of things because they still, know, got, they still got the they Nikes. They still got the Nikes. Oh, them Nikes are long gone now. They've done more <laughs> than that. But, you know, anyways, man. Yeah. And then in 2002, the youth ministry grew where we outpaced the adult congregation <laughs> by like 5X, you know, 6X. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then the church leadership was was pushing me to, to step in and, and be the pastor. They've been asking me for a few years. I kept being like, nah, I'm, I'm still in my twenties. I'm rapping. I'm good. I'm doing the youth ministry. I don't have time for all that. I don't want to be yeah. the guy in charge. You know, <laughs> you know, Jonathan, we, we was, we, we might've been running a little bit from that. Yeah, league, you already you know. know. <laughs> here. But 20 years, 21 years ago, beginning of 2002, I stepped into that role and my my posture at first was I'll fill in till we find the next guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The other guy basically he stepped down. He was on sabbatical towards the end. I kind of took over. I'm like I could keep doing this for a little while till we find somebody. And a few months into it, I was like, I think we found him. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. You know. Wow. And but the greatest asset we had, bro, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of resources. We didn't have a lot of adults. We had a ton of teenagers, but there was only about 40 adults there. And most of them were younger than me. I was 28 at the time. <laughs> but the biggest asset we had was freedom. We had freedom to reshape and recreate what the urban multi-ethnic church could look like to reach unchurched and de-churched people. And so, and so we carefully and prayerfully, like one of the first things we did was we built a DJ booth. We're like, cause that was our main instrument. We didn't have a band. We had a DJ and that was how we did worship with, with beats over beats over instrumentals. Then, you know, we did a, a big graffiti mural on the back wall of our stage. You know, they, they didn't have led screens and stuff back then. We couldn't afford it. <laughs> right. but, uh, so we just put a big piece there. We put some graffiti on the sign and we had our vans all tagged up. And so, you know, and then we just, you know, we put some TV screens up. We did that. We started using like, you know, uh, video clips and music videos. And, you know, we put graphics and slides and see, up. And, on see, the and, and see, Tommy, like in that time, urban churches, they weren't even thinking like that. They weren't no, even thinking. No. They, were, they were thinking, that's like, oh, man, that's Willow Creek. That's. White churches, that's suburban churches. Yeah. That and we we know. weren't we weren't even sure. Like, can we were like we we did you know youth Sundays once in a while. Like, and we had right. hip hop all incorporated into our youth service and young adult service on Thursdays. But we're like, we even had questions. Like, is it okay if we have a rapper 
every Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> Is it okay if we have a DJ for our maintenance? We ain't got no band. Right. And, you know, you know, yeah. we got to do what we got to do. it. But it's not okay. Like, is right. anybody going to show up that's older right. than me? I'm 28. Like, <laughs> right. I'm the old guy. And, but right. you know, we started to see young families come, people that were in their 30s and even 40s and bringing their teenagers and their kids that their yeah. kids were bringing their parents to church. And that first year, like, we doubled in size. We went from 40 to 80. And, wow. you know, that was the biggest the church had ever been on a Sunday attendance. Now, Thursday nights, we were running like two, two fifty, three hundred. I'm saying with the young people. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But for adults, we were like running like 80, 80 to 100 adults. Like, oh, my wow. goodness. Like, we're growing and reaching people and people coming to Jesus and getting discipled. And a lot of people walking into the church that didn't fit in the traditional church. They could come right. there and they could wear their fitted. They could have their snapback. You know, back then it was fitted, but they could come tatted up or whatever, wearing their sneakers, and nobody's going to judge them. And there was just something really special that started to happen. And so it just started to take off. And, you know, you went, you went to the old location, both yeah, of y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, you could only see 200 people. It was, yeah, it was small with the low ceiling and it had right. an eight mile vibe when we took the chairs out and it was concerts, you know. <laughs> but uh, so we, soon, we soon had to do two services. And I was in my little urban box. I'm like, ah, that's weird. I don't, I don't think that's gonna work. Cause like, if if Phil goes to one service and and Jonathan goes to another service, they ain't even gonna see each other. That's weird. Right. That's like two yeah. different churches. <laughs> and but we did it. And uh, man, like within a year, we filled up the second service. And we're like, we gotta start a third service. Like, <laughs> oh crap! Wow. And then we did an overflow room in the back that had like you know, the patio block, yeah, the awning, yeah, the fans up and the screen so we could seat like another 80 or 90 people back there. And we were just trying to be creative with that little space. We built that yeah. big patio out front and, uh, you know, re- we were reaching four or 500 people every Sunday, uh, you know, by the time 2006 hit, you know, just yeah. four years later. Right. That was amazing. We was hitting the lid. Go ahead, Jay. No, I was just saying what was amazing was like the mystique around crossover. Like at least at least for those of us who were in like the already in the like Christian hip hop community. Yeah. Like if you were like somebody who knew about Christian hip hop, crossover had this mystique about it. Like there's this church <laughs> right yeah. down in Tampa that like they use hip hop in regular worship. And like, you know, and, and it was just like it's like almost it was almost like a pilgrimage you had to take. As like uh, a, right, as right. a Christian hip hop, like you gotta go to crossover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I remember like, it in college. Holy like, yo, I went to crossover. You went to crossover, like it was. You know, <laughs> <I> was it. <laughs> yeah, and we regularly had people visit us, and we still do to this day because so many people come to Florida on vacation. So they like go to the beach or they go to Orlando or whatever. And they're like, yo, I'm going to go to Urban D's church while we're yeah. there. Yeah. And I'm right. every Sunday we still have people that, you know, that come and visit us because they follow us online or, you know, knew me from the music or they got one of my books or heard me yeah. speak at an event or yeah. something. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's super dope. And now that, of course, we stream. We have people that watch us regularly from from all over. And we've had people during the pandemic that actually ended up moving to Tampa because they started wow. watching us online and said, you know, we want to move to Florida, like, so we can be at crossover in person. And then some of them got job promotions and had jobs and now said, you can work from wherever. And they're like, well, shoot, we're going to go to Florida and work from right. there. We can go yeah. to crossover. Yeah. So it's been a lot of cool stories, but just to fast forward and, and wrap up the the story, like we, we hit the lid for a few years and then we were dreaming big and crazy. And we took over a former retail box used to be a Toys R Us store 
and we retrofitted 43,000 square feet. And we just celebrated 12 years being in that space. Wow. Most difficult thing I ever did in my life. Really hard, really crazy, uh, challenging financially, but super, super rewarding. And so we've seen thousands of people come to Jesus in the last 12 years. And we baptized now, what's the number? It's 1,692 people have been baptized. Wow. I remember seeing the, the light bulbs when I was there this past year the, on the baptism piece. Like, <clears throat> I'm thinking you had baptized several people that Sunday and all of them go to the, the yeah. main stage, the main stage part. And then they actually tighten the bulb up and actually recognize the movement of that, man. So is that was that 16 this year or is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we made a light bulb wall. Our, our word for 2022 was revive. And yeah. so we had this thing that we wanted to see 500 lives revived. We wanted to see 100 people come to Jesus through others, not at a church service. 100 people get baptized. 200 people go through our, our membership class and complete it. And 100 people start serving on a team. And mm. we filled up that whole wall, bro. And so it was so cool all throughout the year, almost every Sunday, we would have a segment at the end of service where we would have light bulb moments. Yeah. People would come and put their light bulb and we celebrate. Right. I, re- I remember I was, I w- they were like the, you know, the, the, the video crew was like, they were in there while we were live in the sanctuary showing that. Yeah. Piece. We had, sometimes we had it outside and the, and the wall was on wheels. So sometimes we <laughs> brought it in the auditorium <laughs> and people would walk up front and put it on in front of everybody. And that, so we did both. We would mix it up. It was cool. I love that, man. I love that. I love that. Being able to have just the reality of, of you, know, you know, as I always say, like being culturally sensitive and biblically accurate at the same time yeah. while, you know, you know, you're not losing either one, you know, and, and oftentimes yeah. I think people believe or people may think <clears throat> that, that you may, you know, one is diluted. One one may have to be yeah. diluted for the yeah. other, right? And when we both come- in, we can, and we've always strived to be both in biblically right. sound, right. but at the right. same time culturally relevant. And some people think that can't be done, but right. we've both in our ministries have proven that it can be, man. Exactly, and we've exactly. made lots of disciples. Yo, when we come back, yo, we, that's the point we're going to talk on. We're going to talk about that reality of how you can be culturally sensitive and biblically accurate and not lose ground in either way and impact the community you're in and the culture you serve. You're listening to Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. We'll be right back. Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. Come right back. Yo, we are back, Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. Happy New Year! <laughs> 2023, Michael Jordan's number. You know that's going to be a championship year. Oh, yeah. Back up, back up. You know what I'm saying? Six, six. Can you say it with me? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 in light of, like, all this going on in, in, in our country and our world and politics and everything else like that, man, and, and then the movements of different generations, I would believe and pray, you know, this this year, 2023, will be a year that, that folks will actually stand on what what what's a solid foundation, not Christian nationalism and all the things that get diluted in who we are in faith. And you know, we talked as we were finishing the first section just a little bit about uh, being biblically accurate, culturally sensitive. And, and 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 Tommy, I want you to you know just talk about your own journey. Did did you have a journey in in your own walk? Like were you were you 
look, I'm feeling this way as an MC. I'm even asking, you know, as an MC, like, and, 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 and especially like, like in the early eighties, as I was doing youth ministry, that was like demonic hip hop, everything else like that. Right. But as an MC yeah. and, and a passionate brother walking in the faith with that, there's a boldness that you step into. That's like, yeah. it, it ain't, it ain't crass like this, but it's almost like bump everybody and just watch God. Right. So yeah. at the same time, there's not like a, not like a platform or a consistent platform to welcome that affirmation of that calling. So it's almost like the nuances of, of what we talk about being biblically accurate, you know, culturally sensitive with an example of hip hop and rhyme. But, but what was your, what was, what did it take for you to dive into that as a, as a youth pastor, as a pastor, and, and now seeing the fruit of being that way with the community that you serve? Yeah. Well, I grew up around church. My dad was a pastor. So, you know, when I really first started following Christ, I was in my first year of Bible college, my second semester when God really got a hold of me. And I and I was all I was from Philly. So I, I was a hip hop head, grew up loving the culture, was part of it. It was ingrained in me. And yeah. I was ready to lay it down. I was like, well, if I got to start listening to other music and get, you know, start dressing different, like I, I'm, I'm falling in love with Jesus. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like, because I didn't see any other model. There right. was nobody that was culturally relevant that was young that I saw, right. at least in my spaces. <laughs> and so, you know, but I felt the Lord saying to me, like, nah, like, be you. You can yeah. still rap. You can still wear your J's. You can still like and you're going to reach people that are like you that your dad can't reach and that that older generation can't reach. And so when I felt like the Holy Spirit, give me that green light. It was freeing. And, you know, then I started to rap. I started a rap group at my college and then I ended up transferring to Florida. I did a rap group there. And, you know, so that that was all it became a ministry tool. And I saw how relevant it was and how it was reaching people. And so when I went to Florida, we had to join a ministry, a student ministry, they called it. So I joined the juvenile detention center and every week. Yeah, they would bring in a different group of people that would come and minister. And and to be honest with you, most of them would bomb. Because these are kids exactly. like, city, like, you know what I'm saying? Or like, you know, <laughs> exactly. once in a while, there'd be an engaging group that would come in. Like, they had this group that had these sticks, and they would do all these tricks and stuff. They kind of, like, leaned in on that. But most of the singers and the different people yeah. that came in, they were like, this is whack. You right. Know? And so, but <laughs> me and my guy started this rap group, and they allowed us to rap. And and a lot of these kids, like the kids were different almost every week because a lot right. of kids are only in there for three to five days. And some kids are repeat offenders. And there's right. this, but most of the kids didn't even know us. So it wasn't because they knew us because they saw yeah. us every week. It was different kids. Yeah. But when we got in there and we rapped and we did it a couple of times each semester, like, man, listen, bro, like we had them on the edge of their seats and, and we shared our testimonies. We shared the gospel like the whole yep. room got saved. And like that never happened before. And we're like, wow. yo, like, so when that got back to the the people at the college, the ministry department leaders, and I went at a meeting and I said, man, we would love to become an official student ministry and start going out, not just to the JDC, but outreaches, inner city churches, yeah. like, whatever. And at first it was so funny because the guy running that ministry, man, he was like 70, a 75 year old white guy from Alabama. And and he was like, well, I don't even know about this rap stuff. And he's like, you know, he was just he was a good guy, though. But eventually he went came and saw his rap at this event. He was like, oh, my goodness, like, this is amazing. He had a meeting with me. He's like, well, I guess we got a rap team now. I was like, I was like, sir, 
Oh man, that's awesome to hear. But we don't want to be called the rap team, <laughs> right? Know? Right. So, yeah. you know, we, and we actually, I came up with the name. We were the Urban Disciples, and uh, so that's okay, where I got okay. my name from, Urban D. I just ended up taking the name after I got out of school. But but yeah, man. So when I became the fast forward to me becoming the pastor and us incorporating some of this stuff in, we had a lot of questions, but we had the freedom. And I think at the same time, the two two people that were instrumental during that time, one was was Pastor Rick Warren. Okay. There was a mentor in my life, another yeah. pastor that gave me the purpose driven church book. And when I started reading it and it was talking about how to use different things to reach people, I'm like, well, man, and it, it was lining up scripture. And, and I was like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Like, here's somebody that gets it. Exactly. I mean, he's not doing hip hop, but. And I sent Pastor Rick a letter and, and with a CD and a magazine from our church. And because we did the purpose driven life. And I said, man, this church that does hip hop of mostly 20 somethings, like, they, they love this, but they, they love what, you know, this has been so encouraging. And Pastor Rick wrote me a hand, handwritten letter back. And wow. this was 2002 at the height of the purpose driven life when it was on the New York Times bestseller yeah. list, like everybody was trying to get to Rick Warren. And like, he actually wrote me a handwritten letter, two of them. Wow. And then I ended up connecting with him when I went out to his confer- conference and yeah. got, got, got his chief of staff number. So, so that was one. And the second one was this church in, in Granger, Indiana called Granger community church. And they did this thing called the innovative church conference. Huh. And they had this contest they were at they were at the purpose driven conference and i sat in the guys workshop and they're like we're having a conference and we're actually doing this contest for the most innovative church and you know so we filled out the information and sent them some stuff and they voted for us to be the most innovative church Ooh, in america wow about like 600 people there mostly suburban people yeah and you know they not only brought us up on stage and cheered for us and gave us this this really cool trophy that uh, that <laughs> <laughs> that KB's kids recently broke in my office. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to tell that secret on here. I love oh. KB. KB <laughs> felt so bad. He was like, Pastor T, like, I'm so sorry. Did this mean a lot to you? I was like, actually, it did. That's my favorite trophy. But I love you, bro. He was about to go on stage. It was the Glory Night store at my church, bro. Oh. You get an exclusive right here on this show with Phil oh. Jackson. And he felt so bad. He just wouldn't stop talking. I'm like, bro, don't worry about it. You're about to go out and minister. This is a sold out show. You're about to go minister. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Like, I got others. look at all the other trophies I got. It's cool. That was my favorite, but I got others. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to kind of jab it a little bit, bro. Oh, it was so man. funny. But was anyway, that, so this is, your that trophy. This, is, this is your Flavor Fest? No, he, he did the Glory Nights tour at our church two weeks after Flavor Fest. Oh, he sold that. Bro, there was 1,200 people in, in that room. Wow. Most people wow. ever. We had all the chairs out, of course, but yeah, it was yeah. crazy. It was man. so dope. Because he's, from, um, he's from Florida, right? He's from Florida, right? He's from Tampa. Yeah. 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 K- KB was part of our church for, you know, for a while. And, and that's a, yeah. that's, how, that's a whole other story, man. But yeah, yeah, I'm still one of his, one of his, he would consider, he said he considers me one of his pastors and mentors. Yeah. And we talk Praise regularly God, and, and build good. on a lot of stuff and do some stuff together in the city. Yeah. Uh, great guy. Anyway, so the trophy that he broke, that trophy, bro, they not only gave us the trophy and a pat on the back and a standing ovation, but they gave us a check, bro. And back then in 2003, I think that was 2004, it was a check for $2,500. And for us, that was a lot of money back then. Yeah. And so that was like a really great affirmation because a lot of people were saying, man, it's a great thing you're doing down there in the hood for the kids. Like, that's great. Keep going. Everybody will give you the rah-rah and a pat on the back. But when somebody hands you a check 
for thousands of dollars. Right. We we felt like we felt like really affirmed in that moment, right. and we needed it because right. we were able to help us get some equipment right. that we were trying to get that we just didn't have the money. We we bought a camera with a really good camera with that, and we just didn't have the the loot to do that, you know, at the time. Yeah. But yeah, man. So some of those, those were some of the key people and in some churches that affirmed what we were doing, saw what we were doing, you know, that really gave us that, that, that green light to say, we yeah. see you. This is incredible. Keep it up. And so that just fueled our creativity and the lane that we were going in as well as the fruit, the fruit fueled it, obviously. So even right. if there was haters, which there was people saying, ah, oh, you can't do that. You, oh man, you guys are worldly. You're, you know, yeah. we saw the fruit of people authentically coming to Jesus, authentically getting discipled. Uh, people like that were living together, getting married, people that were in gangs, getting out of gangs, marriages being healed. Yeah. Like, there was just so many miracle stories. And it was because of the approach and the style of ministry and the way we were translating the scripture and the gospel right. and having a relevant worship experience where people could come in and really be themselves. And so that just fueled us to be like, we don't care what anybody says because right. we know this is working and God is blessing it. Right. And God's doing something special here that people all around the world were beginning to notice and, and talk about it. And some of that was through me being a national artist. Right. I was putting information in my CD jacket back when we had CDs about it. And that's how people are like, yo, I want to go to crossover. Like, you know, Pastor Jay said, like, we got to make that journey to crossover. I know. know. Right. I remember when I first came, y'all had that, the the, the pulpit was a, was a Krylon. Yes. Like a Krylon spray can. It was red with the, you know, it said crossover with the like four colors. And right. Yeah. This this guy in the church that was a metal worker built that. I came up with the idea and I said, yeah. Hey, can you make a pulpit that looks like a spray can? <laughs> and you built it. And then we had this airbrush graffiti artist, Ron Pachardo. You remember yeah. Ron? I got some and stuff. And Ron airbrushed that mug. Yeah. He's dope. Ron is a beast. I got stuff in my, at the firehouse. Ron sent me um, just doing some stuff and sent me. Yeah. Ron is doing tattoos mostly now and he's, he's crazy with it. Crazy oh, I got to get with him. him. I got to get with him. He's in Florida. He's in, he's in Philly. He's back in yeah. Philly. I thought, okay, not, I mean, not yeah. back in Philly, but I know he was traveling. Doing yeah, stuff I, that's where he's from. Yeah, yeah. I, he just, you know, he was, he was doing, some stuff, doing, doing stuff at Bethel. Uh, that's where I first met him in, in Philly. Yeah, and he was doing stuff with Elements of Life. Remember yeah, that? Elements of Life. We did Elements of Life together. Yeah, we Throw wrote back. articles. Yeah. And, so, you know, yeah. you know, talking about what this, 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 this awareness of both a calling that that you have a courage that does not need an explanation, meaning that, meaning that there is a, uh, an awareness that I am, I am, there's a great older gospel song that says, I'll go even if I have to go by myself. Right. And so it is one of those kind of things where in ministry, where, you know, you got to work with senior citizens who are disabled. You don't know why or how, but you love serving that community and you're crazy about it. And folks are like, man, how are you going to make a check? I don't know. But man, this is an injustice going on with seniors who are disabled in the health system and blah. And folks are like, oh, okay. But you go out there and you kill it. So there's a, there's a, there's an unction by the Holy Spirit, I believe, I know that, that is bold enough to know two things. There ain't nothing but God calling me to do this because I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to do it outside of God, but, but, because I know God's calling me, he's going to have to also provide as well. The second thing is that there's a community of people that are waiting that are like, yo, I want this 
real authentic space where the faith can really touch life. And and, and I'm not just only talking about hip hop and the arts of hip hop and all of the disciplines of that. I'm talking about a, a, a relevant word, an awareness of, of the ebb and flow of what's happening uh, within the context of your community and culture. You know, oftentimes, yeah. and I'm, I'm guilty of this too, you stay comfortable with, with what has been popping. But yeah. then you also, you also got to be relevant that this ain't popping. I mean, I'm married 37 years, going on 38, because Woo. we're relevant to what's, what's, with, with what's popping. And you know what? We used to like to always go out on Fridays, and that's we, Friday night's our date night. But man, yeah. let's have a concert night on YouTube and just chill out at the crib and just laugh at that. Do you know all the words of that song while we singing it? And the real, the core then is just enjoying that moment together in a funky kind of way. And if we can continue to stay at that. So being relevant, I think to me then, I'm saying all this because I think the key is the courage to step outside of what you have been most comfortable around and yeah. and the community of people that have also just been as comfortable around it. And and and, and, to, and, and to recognize like, and, and it's not about gimmick. It's not about gimmick. I want to be careful yeah. to make sure yeah. it's not about like, okay, yo, they got we got real plants in the church now, Joe. We're gonna do plants in the church, um, <laughs> you know. Not not to be gimmick ish. We're gonna talk yeah. about nature and whatever, but something that that is really uh, that you're not gonna get in the bulletin where a shepherd is in the in the life of the sheep to recognize yeah. the pulse of the people in order yeah. to say, you know what? Exactly. We need to have a. A, a sit down spiritual formation service on the fifth Sunday of every, of every Sunday of every month when we have, and, that, and whatever the pulse is, is happening of the congregation and the body and the community, you're aware of that. And if pastors, you know, aren't doing that, then I think that's where the challenge when something, you know, comes along, whatever it, 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 it you can lose a group of people that are dying to hear the word, man, and really want to be relevant, yeah. really, really want to connect with God in that, in that space, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's cool, bro. Yeah, yeah, yo, church on the block, man. Real talk about hip hop, the church in the streets, and, and we're gonna come back with Tommy and talk about Flavor Fest a little bit, and we're gonna yeah, talk about we're gonna talk about like what does it take and what things have you done discipling other pastors about their perspective on ministries and church. Church on the block. We'll be right back. Yo, you're listening to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip hop, the church, and the streets. Do not. You hear me? Do not touch that dial. Do not touch that knob. Don't unplug the Bluetooth. Stay right here with us. Yo, welcome back to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip hop, the church, and the streets. Channel 154, Sirius XM, Holy Culture Radio. I need to have like a, like like that Holy Culture Radio. You're listening to. <laughs> You know what I mean? That kind of thing. But, uh, you know, we're here with my good friend, man, over 20 years, Tommy Colonin, beautiful wife, Lucy. Y'all are empty nesters, right? Y'all are empty nesters, right? Nah, man. Don't try to make us older than we are. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. We still got, we got two teenagers, though. And they, they getting up there. 16, 16 awesome, and 19. Man, cherish those times, man. Cherish yeah, those times. They're still in the house. Yeah, they huh? ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere any, anytime soon. You know, <laughs> Gen Z and millennials, they hang around for a while. They do. They do. And then, <laughs> when I was 18, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I was, man. I was going. I was out of there, man. <laughs> Yo, yeah. we talk, we're talking today 
as we back into 2023 or we're brand new into 2023 and, 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 and Tommy has been pastoring 27 years coming up this year. Right. And the, the, yeah. the, the move of God has been phenomenal, not only just around, around hip hop, but about being relevant. I always tell people, um, you know, hip hop is always sender receiver friendly. You're not going to, you're not going to rhyme about something that's not relevant and, and not going to be relevant to what you're catching and you're trying to throw to other people where churches oftentimes can be just sender friendly, right? Where we talk about, you know, Baruch Hashem Adonai and the beauty of the glory. And you, and it's great. You said some good stuff, I guess, but I'm going to go back on my phone because I don't know what the heck you're talking about, right? So yeah. there is a, there is, there is a real, <clears throat> You know, awareness in, 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 in your world, Tommy, in the ministry and the staff that you got, the staff that you got, you know, like-minded people are drawn to like-minded connections in that way. And, and yeah. folks have been discipled and mentored and, and matured. I mean, I met a young cat who I knew before loves boom bap stuff. Boom bap. He's a maintenance dude, a security dude. And he got like a podcast and we was talking, but he was loving the word. Loving the context, but it's like like-minded. Like I love the Lord, but I'm entwined with the culture, and I want to bring light to the community I'm serving. We'll talk about Flavor Fest in a second, but like, what do you think? Like when you've worked with other pastors, has been like a challenge for cats to step into, if it's been a challenge, like to step into being relevant. You know, that may be a challenge for their tradition. Yeah, and I, I think that's the bottom line, man. The last word you said, a challenge to their tradition. Mm. A lot of times guys haven't seen it done like that. And so it's so funny because you'll have some guys that they're they're younger and but yet they still imitate the older generation in the way that they do it because that's all they know. They've never been exposed to, yo, you can really be in your own skin and be comfortable in your own skin and you could be you and like be actually more effective to reach people your age but when you're you know 30 years old and you're trying to preach like the guys that are 60 70 years old like it's not reaching the people that are your age just because you look young it's not going to work it's you know so i think with every generation like you know churches need to be willing to they need to be willing to evolve the message it's never going to change but the methods are always going to be evolving and changing. And, and like you said in the earlier session, we got to stay with the pulse of what's happening with our people and our communities and our culture. And, you know, I've been the lead pastor now 21 years. And when I took over in 2002, the way we did church, this, the service and the style and everything else looks very different than the way we do it today. Why? Mm. Because it's, it's changed. It's morphed. It's, 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 it's gotten better. It's more current to 2023. We're not doing church like it's 2002 anymore, right. you know, even though we were relevant and it was had a hip hop flavor. We had a DJ and everything else like, but, you know, we're still not playing that same music, that same style, that same. And I remember even challenging my team a couple years into it. I was like, yo, in 10 years from now, we can't keep doing things the style we're doing it now because hip hop's going to change. You know, we have That's- to be willing to kind of change and flow with the next generation of what's going to happen if we want to stay, you know, relevant to younger generations. And so really, man, I I think a lot of the style that we do is always going to, is always going to mimic whatever is somewhat in pop culture, uh, popular culture. And hip hop now is pop culture. It's popular culture. And, And not that we're chasing after culture and trying to imitate them. We're trying to be innovators and we're trying to be trendsetters ourselves. Yeah. 
And so there's the, the level of excellence and some of the stuff we're doing, like, like we just did the Lion King production at our church, you know, last month at Christmas, we had somebody that works at Disney in their productions came and was like, I just, I don't understand how you guys as a church, your production was better than what we do at Disney. Some of your actors were better. Some of your costumes were better. How did you do this on a church budget? You were better than (laughs) us. And I'm just like, see that that's what I'm talking about. Cause you know, and the church used to be the center of art and culture. Right. And that's not the case anymore. I believe we, we need to produce excellent media, excellent art. Some of it is remixed stuff. Some of it's original and we can, you know, we can take the arts back and we can be known for like people coming to our church. Like, man, I didn't expect this from a church. You should. Yeah. Yeah. You should. (laughs) Like if if we were all operating like, yo, we're doing this for the King of Kings. We need to be killing it. Crushing it. That's what I'm saying. That excellence better than the world does it. Right. You know, and, and we've always had that that mentality. And so we've always operated like a church that's much bigger than what we are. And when you do that, you're going to grow. You're going to reach more people. You're going to you're going to see God move because you're you're honoring him. You're doing it for for him. And so. Yeah. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, to answer the question again, circling back is like, man, people need to be exposed to see like you can do it differently. And you don't have to do it like us. Right. We're not saying everybody has to do it like us. You know, be yourself and use the gifts and talents that you have and the people around you that God has gathered. And you can be a unique indigenous expression of of, of the body of Christ in your city, in your community. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would be some of the things that you would say, Tommy, that that you're, you are doing that are normal now to you and, and, and relevant to the people that you're serving that may be something that folks don't know about. So a tool or a way in which you do things. I mean, you talk about the Lion King, which is incredible. And that's a powerful testimony. The man from Disney. So so we do a production every year. Like, so, so we do a number of things for outreach. So let me kind of give you some of the the umbrellas. And and, and we didn't always do this, but as we grow as a church, there's more people with more talent and we have capacity and people to do these different things. So, so we do the production now. And it was 75 actors and people that were involved in costume makers, designers, uh, stagehands, videographers, it. camera people, you know, like, like then, of course, the singers, dancers, the actors, like, the, the man, we created a platform for them to be able to do something to excellence and in, invite the city. And so so people that into the arts and theater and movies, because more than half of the people that came in our building, they had never been at our church before, but they came right. because it was Lion King. Uh, the year before we did the greatest showman the year before that we did the whiz the first year we did it we did the hip-hop nutcracker so people that are familiar with those names we took those plays remixed them tied the gospel in and uh, so people that are into the arts and theater and music and dance they got attracted by that so that's one outreach category another one is we do this thing called love our city and uh, so people that are into just you know, loving their neighbor and into activism and serving. Like wow. we do over a hundred community service projects in one week in our section of the city is called Uptown. Mm. And we touch tens of thousands of people. And it's wow. just amazing. And so many people end up coming to the church because of that. Cause we invite them to the big party, which is church on Sunday. It's actually Easter. Yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. So, I mean, you know, we, we pay for everybody's laundry at the laundromat. 
We yeah. deliver groceries to 2,000 homes as a surprise. We show up at hundreds of homes with a hot pizza. I didn't order pizza. Nah, we know it's Love Our City Week. It's for you. Oh, for real? Nah. Yo. You know, we're at Starbucks buying everybody's coffee. We're at the gas station paying for gas. We do about 1,000 appreciation lunches for every teacher, every firefighter, every police officer in our district. You know, so many projects that touches so many different people groups. We actually make a list of all the demographics in our community and we say, what projects can we do to touch all these people from, you know, from college students to business people to homeless people to immigrants to Muslims to, you know, seniors to all those different people groups. We intentionally want to love all of our city, not just, you know, you know, certain groups right. or, you know, because sometimes here, here, let me say this, man, this, this will rock some people. But a lot of times outreach from the church boils down to this. Let's give away free stuff to poor people. Right. And that's it. And we need to do that. And most churches are not doing that. So we do a lot of that. But hold on. But but what about what about the poor people that don't need a book bag because they ain't got kids? Yeah. Or what about the middle class people that don't need a book bag because they can afford to buy one for their kids? Or what about the affluent people? Because the Mm. middle class people and the affluent people need need Jesus, too. And the right. people without kids need Jesus too. And so like, how do we reach every single people group? So that's what we really started to think outside of the box. Mm. Of that's love our city. That's another category. And then we do flavor fest and we do concerts regularly. That's people that are into music. That's another yes. category, right? So let me tell you about the last one and I'll wrap it up with this. Cause I, I know we only got a few minutes left, but we started this thing during the pandemic where I'm an entrepreneur and I've always had, you know, a lot of different things going on to support yeah. myself tents, right? To, to support myself through ministry and my family. So I wouldn't be a burden to the church, but a blessing. And so, you know, we're even doing some entrepreneurial stuff together. And, and you yeah. got to think like that when you're in urban ministry, exactly. you have other streams of income. And so during the pandemic, we started to do a lot of stuff for entrepreneurs and business people through Zoom calls yeah. from my church. And then in 2021, when we're all back in person, we started to do, we did this thing called the Innovation Breakfast. We had about 45 people come to each one. We did a couple of them. In 2022, we did this thing called the Innovation Summit. And mm. we did the, and we, we advertised it to the city for young entrepreneurs. And we said, Innovation Summit, come learn from experts about crypto, metaverse, Web3, blockchain, tech, real estate, Hyperverse. social media marketing, branding, mindset, and more. And so, bro, I have several people in my church that are sharp entrepreneurs, like influencers in those spaces, and they know others. And so we did two general sessions with some TED Talks, and then we did two breakout workshops. We had a track for <laughs> you know crypto. We had a track for real estate, a track for tech, a track for branding. Uh, and like We had over 200 people come, and over half of the people had never step foot in our building before. So now we just launched an entrepreneur ministry. We did a lunch in December, December 11th. We did it. We had over a hundred entrepreneurs come Me? from our church. And wow. so it's about to take off this year. And I ha- I passed the baton to a young entrepreneur in my church. He's 34 years old. He has seven LLCs. He's crushing it. He has 60 people on his staff. Like oh. he's running it now and I'm mentoring in him and like, I'm just super excited to see what's what? going to happen this year. So in 2023, we're doing the Innovation Summit in 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 May, and we're praying to have 500 people at it. And we're going to wow. do a Shark Tank and everything, bro. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> so, but hey, but you guys need to come to Flavor Fest. Flavor Fest is going to happen. If you go to flavorfest.org, it'll give you the details on that. We're taking yeah. it to some different cities, and it'll be in November in Tampa. Oh, November this year. November 23rd. November 2nd through the 4th, away from hurricane season. I can't. Yeah. 
Man, we moved it back a little exactly, bit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. wait a minute. How long how long has Flavor Fest been going on now? Flavor Fest started in November of 2000. Wow. So it has been over two decades, bro. Yeah. yeah so follow yeah. Flavor Fest. If you want to check me out, you can follow me at UrbanD813 on YouTube, on IG, on, you know, if you want to look at crossover church services, you can check us out at crossoverchurch.org, crossover813 is the information on that. But yeah, plug in. If you ever come down to Florida, get out that cold, come down <laughs> and see us right in Tampa. And you have a you have an app people can get too, right? They can download the app? Yeah, the Crossover Church app. You can watch services on there. You can take notes on there. There's information. You can sign up for things on there, classes online. There's a lot of content we're doing online as well. Now, is the app, where do you get the app from? Is any any place you get apps from? Yeah, any app store. Yep. Just look over crossover look up crossover church. Yeah. Yep. Now, see, I say that just because even if you get from this, wow, maybe our church youth ministry, maybe our church men's group, maybe we just should do an app and we record live. You will find the relevance that there, there are young people who who that's just their world. That just that's just the lane they're in, right? And being able to kind of be on the fly and there's recorded Bible studies or whatever that are, that are good and that that are saying something. You got to be saying something. You can't be up here talking about same old, same old. You got to be saying something. that's life giving. Scripture talks about that. I'm alive and sharper than a two edged sword. You got to be saying something. Yo, tell me, man. We thank you for your time. You're, I mean, you're a great friend, brother. There's so much more we could talk about. Give our love to Lucy, man. And, Trying to connect Lucy with with Ruth, you know, is going to happen. That's going to happen. You filled out that application, bro. You're her hero. She loves <laughs> Phil Jackson now. She's like, man, tell Phil I said hi. I thought I was going to do this thing, yes. to interview with you. Now. She's like, man, tell him I said hi. To, I awesome, awesome. Love Lucy, man. Powerful, powerful. Yeah. Time to drop bars. Yo, let me drop this on y'all real quick, man. 2023, 2023. You got to be fresh with it. There was a Sunday school teacher. She was a little, little, little cocky, a little pompous, and she's talking to her, you know, fourth grade, third grade class in Sunday school, and she's talking about Christians and this with Christian and that with Christian. And then she asked the class, so do you know why they call me a Christian? As, quote, unquote, her thought and her little cockiness as a review, long little silence. One little boy raised his hand. She said, yes. And the boy said, they probably don't know you. Meaning, meaning that the way you function and act, they don't ask you about being a Christian while you because they don't know you're behind. Yo, let this be the year where they know you. Let this be the year where they know Jesus Christ yeah. because of your actions and love on the bus. Yeah. Give up that extra fifty cent for the person to get on. Give them they move out the way on the train on the on the on, on the bus or the seat. Let your love shine and let your light then be a glow in such a way to bring people to the person of Christ. Don't get caught with. Do you know why they call me a Christian? Because of some churchianity nonsense, but because of your real discipleship and walking with the Lord. Y'all, Pastor Phil, those are those bars. Church on the block. We see you the second Sunday in 2023. Enjoy this fresh new week. We'll see you later. I'm out. Church on the block. Thank you for listening to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip hop, the church and the streets. We're back here. Same time, same day next week. Come with us. Tell them it's crazy in these streets. Tell them it's crazy in these streets.